Faith, Hope and Love, Episode 260, the 32nd Sunday of Ordinary Time, Year A. The Gospel values included in the readings this weekend include humility, preparation, alertness, wisdom, and trusting in God's promises whilst not taking them for granted. The only thing that seems excessive in the parable of the ten bridesmaids, five who are wise and five who are foolish, is okay, so they weren't prepared for the arrival of the bridegroom. They messed up. So, surely it's a happy occasion when everyone's celebrating and in a good mood. The bridegroom is surely a nice guy. Why lock out the poor bridesmaids because they're a bit disorganised or unprepared? But... This parable is designed to shock and surprise people out of their complacency. And also, on a wider level, the parable has at least two universal warnings. Firstly, it warns us that there are certain things which cannot be obtained at the last minute. It's far too late for a student to start preparing for a major exam when the day of the examination has arrived and the hour for the exam is here. And it's much too late for a person to acquire a skill or a personal quality or character if they don't already possess it when the need arises for that quality to be put into action. It's like a medical expert telling a patient who's suffering a major medical episode, come back later, I haven't become good enough at treating that particular illness yet. I was going to do a training course to perfect it next week. Come back then. Or couldn't you have come to me with something else that I was actually prepared for? There's no such chance. That's crazy. And that is the message of Christ in the Gospel. Similarly, it's easy to leave things so late that we can no longer prepare ourselves to respond properly. And likewise, one can leave things too late to prepare to meet with God. There's a true story told in 1660 of Mary, the Princess Royal, who lay dying from smallpox. She had a visit from her chaplain, who, seeing her on her deathbed, sought to speak to her urgently about the ways of salvation. Her answer was delightful and very timely. She says, I have not left such a matter to this hour. Well said. To be too late is always a tragedy, and if it is too late, it does not reflect on the goodness of the one who has already closed the door and turned the key with finality. Today's parable warns us that there are certain things which cannot be borrowed, the foolish bridesmaids found it impossible to borrow oil when they discovered they needed it. Neither can a person borrow a relationship with God. They must possess it for themselves. A person cannot borrow a character. They must be clothed with it and wear it like a second skin through their life. We cannot always rely on the spiritual capital which others have been nurturing. There are certain things we must gain and acquire for ourselves, for we cannot borrow everything from others. Surely the most regretful and dismaying of two words ever heard were too late. We know that God is patient and compassionate and gives us so many opportunities and new starts. But this parable warns us not to take this for granted because eventually the time will come for the door to close. And so we must be ever humble, diligent and prepared. It takes most people a lifetime for God to enrich us and develop our character into those qualities consistent with the gospel of Jesus. It requires on our part a sincere openness of heart, 
a humility and a willingness to change and to be transformed by God, and also a true state of readiness that simply cannot be left to the 11th hour. This is Faith, Hope and Love. Let my prayer come into your presence. Incline your ear to my cry for help, O Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. May God's kindness and grace be to you all. We gather to ponder with reverence God's word. As we prepare to celebrate the great sacrament of God's love, let's pause, recall our sins, and trust in God's infinite mercy. You raise the dead to life in the Spirit. Lord, have mercy. You bring pardon and peace to the sinner. Christ, have mercy. You bring light to those in darkness. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of good.
let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, graciously keep from us all adversity, so that unhindered in mind and body alike, we may pursue in freedom of heart the things that are yours. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from the Book of Wisdom Wisdom is radiant and unfading, and she is easily discerned by those who love her, and is found by those who seek her. She hastens to make herself known to those who desire her. One who rises early to seek her will have no difficulty, for she will be found sitting at the gate. To fix one's thought on her is perfect understanding, and one who is vigilant on her account will soon be free from care, because she goes about seeking those worthy of her and she graciously appears to them in their paths and meets them in every thought. The Word of the Lord My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord, my God. O God, you are my God, for you I long. For you my soul is thirsting. My body pines for you, like a dry, weary land without water. So I gaze on you in the sanctuary, to see your strength and your glory. For your love is better than life, my lips will speak your praise. So I will bless you all my life. In your name I will lift up my hands. My soul shall be filled as with a banquet. My mouth shall praise you with joy. On my bed I remember you. On you I muse through the night. For you have been my help. In the shadow of your wings I rejoice. My soul is thirsting. For you, O Lord, my God. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who have died so that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have died. For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will by no means precede those who have died.
For the Lord himself, with a cry of command, with the archangel's call, and with the sound of God's trumpet, will descend from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up in the clouds together with them to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. The Word of the Lord. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Be watchful and ready, you know not when the Son of Man is coming. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Chapter 25, verses 1 to 13. Jesus spoke this parable to the disciples. The kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, There will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly, I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore. For you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. While wisdom and rejoicing are two clear themes of today's first reading and the Gospel, tucked away in between them is a more sobering reference to the emotion of grief in Paul's letters to the Thessalonians. All three themes are part of every life. One day we might be full of joy at a family celebration. We could very soon be confronted by perhaps deep loss or sorrow at the news of a family tragedy or illness. No one escapes the valleys and mountains of life experiences. And rather than try to hide or ignore them, we should be clear and prepared for what they ask of us. Inasmuch as we know that they apply to all of us at some time, we are always still ambivalent about how we should deal with loss. And we ask, will God understand how much we may be hurting? Are we being unfaithful to God if we grieve and feel unsure about how we will recover? Now, the early Christians believed that Jesus would return soon. 
and take them all to heaven. At least that's the way they interpreted his inference that in a little while he would return to take them with him. Now this made it difficult for them to accept the death of some of their members before Jesus returned in glory. However, in the second reading, Paul assures the listener, as God raised Jesus from the dead, then he will raise those who have died. He will present them to God when the kingdom comes to fulfilment. Now, as consoling as this thought might be, the question still remains. What should they do with their grief? Paul did not tell the Thessalonians that they should not grieve, but rather they should not grieve as those people who have no hope. Unfortunately, many people feel as though it's wrong to mourn the death of a loved one because they think it is not acknowledging the promise of resurrection. Grief, following the loss of a loved one as surely as night follows day, it's just one of the realities of life. If you love someone, you will feel sadness. See, it's one of the strongest and most necessary of emotions as it draws together the end of physical presence with a flood of memories and a recalculation of how to fill the space of the contribution of that loved one to our life, which may well be dealing with the shock of loss. To live fruitfully after the death of a loved one, people need to go through a period of mourning. There are no rules around the length of time or depth of that mourning. What is clear is it should not be avoided. Not to suppress or pretend it isn't there, but to show a courage and an honesty allows us to face it. Of course, we'd rather not have to experience the pain that comes from death. But to deny or suppress it can result in some serious emotional problems later on. Now, this isn't just sound psychology. It's a realistic theology. Jesus wept at the death of his friend Lazarus and surely needed to have some time to process that loss even though he was teaching his followers that death had no power over them. Faith should not be used as a barrier against grief. Faith does not dispense us from grieving, but it can enable us to grieve with hope. When people cry at funerals, they often apologise to me and the others attending as though they were showing a lack of faith in God's ability to heal them. We mustn't be afraid to cry and sometimes let ourselves go. It is all part of the healing process. We can have tears in our eyes as well as having hope in our hearts. The tears are for the sadness that we feel and the hope is for the joy to come. And both have a place in the process of loss. There's no time limit on how long this grieving may take, nor are there any rules about how we should go about it. Grieving is a unique and an individual process as individual as the person who's experienced it, but holding on to the knowledge that it will one day evolve into something less intense and demanding is the hope that Paul's referring to. When tempered with wisdom and allowing the joy of fond memories to come back into our lives, along with the belief that as Christ rose from the dead, it will be the same for those who have died in Christ. And with these thoughts, we should comfort one another. The Apostles' Creed 
I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. As we await the return of the Saviour, we pray. For the followers of Christ, that our lamp of faith may always grow brightly. Lord, hear us. For students, that they may seek true wisdom in their studies. Lord, hear us. For people who are depressed, that we will offer them practical assistance by attentive listening and ongoing support. Lord, hear us. For our community, that amid the trials and ordeals of life, we may learn a wisdom that reflects the mind of Christ. Lord, hear us. For all who are ill and those who care for them, that the Lord will give them healing, strength and peace. Lord, hear us. For those with the lamp of faith alight, that the door of eternal life may be opened for them, especially those in the Book of Remembrance during the month of Holy Souls and for those for whom we now pray. Lord, hear us. God of the living and of the dead, we are a people thirsting for you. We ask you to hear our prayers and quench our thirst with your love. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you, fruit of the earth and work of human hands. It will become for us the bread of life. By the mystery of this water and wine, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ, who humbled himself to share in our humanity. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. With humble spirit and contrite heart, may we be accepted by you, our Lord, and may this sacrifice in your sight this day be pleasing to you, Lord God. Wash me, O Lord, from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. 
Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. Look with favour, we pray, O Lord, upon the sacrificial gifts offered here, that celebrating in mystery the passion of your Son, we may honour it with loving devotion. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Preface 2 of Sundays in Ordinary Time The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For out of compassion for the waywardness that is ours, he humbled himself and was born of the Virgin. By the passion of the cross he freed us from unending death, and by rising from the dead he gave us life eternal. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory, as without end we acclaim, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread, and, giving thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up, for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The Mystery of Faith We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection, until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy 
to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Mark, our Bishop, and his assistant, Ken, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection. And all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours for ever and ever. Amen. At the Saviour's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, you said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. May this mingling of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ bring eternal life to us who receive it. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, grant us peace. May the receiving of your body and blood, Lord Jesus Christ, not bring me to judgment and condemnation, but through your loving mercy, be for me protection in mind and body and a healing remedy. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. May the body of Christ keep me safe for eternal life.
May the blood of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. The Communion Antiphon The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. Fresh and green are the pastures where he gives me repose. Near restful waters he leads me. A prayer for spiritual communion in union with all who are unable to physically receive communion at this time. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you in my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Body of Christ. Amen. The Blood of Christ. Amen. Let us pause for a time of quiet post-communion prayer and reflection. What has passed our lips as food, O Lord, may we possess in purity of heart. 
that what has been given to us in time may be our healing for eternity. Let us pray. Nourished by this sacred gift, O Lord, we give you thanks and beseech your mercy, that by the pouring forth of your Spirit, the grace of integrity may endure in those your heavenly power has entered. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks everyone and bless you all and may God's grace guide you each and every day of this coming week. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Faith, Hope and Love, Christian Worship and Reflection, led by Rev. Paul Kelly. Prayers and Chants, the Roman Missal, 3rd edition, copyright 2010, the International Commission on English and the Liturgy. Scriptures, New Revised Standard Version, copyright 1989 and 2009, the NCC USA. Psalms, 1963 and 2009, The Grail, Collins Publishers. Prayers of the Faithful, Together We Pray, by Robert Borg, E.J. Dwyer Publishers, 1993, Sydney, Australia. Sung Mass in Honour of St. Ralph Sherwin, by Jeffrey M. Ostrovsky, The Gloria, copyright 2011, ccwatershed.org. Faith, Hope and Love, Theme Hymn, in memory of William John Kelly, inspired by 1 Corinthians 13, 1-13. Music by Paul W. Kelly, arranged and sung with additional lyrics by Stefan Kelp, 2019. Quiet Time Instrumental Reflection Music, written by Paul W. Kelly, 1988, 2007, and this arrangement, Stefan Kelp, 2020. Today I Arise, Patricia J. Kelly, original words and music by Paul W. Kelly, inspired by St. Patrick's Prayer, arranged and sung with additional lyrics by Stefan Kelp, 2019. Production by KER 2020. May God bless and keep you. Today I arise with love from on high, the name of the three in one. Today I 